Hello, hello, everybody. Today is the 20th of June. It's a Thursday. Hi, Anacat. Uh, I'm walking around a little bit because I need to grab my phone charger since I am streaming from my phone again today and I unplugged the wrong thing. Excellent. Give me one second. Hello, hello. Are you super excited to go over some queer book recommendations today? I'm looking forward to it. Let me get settled here. Okay, we're all plugged in. The phone will not die today. (laughs) Brilliant. Hello, everybody who's joining. And this is, I've been looking at the live cast list and refreshing so I can join as soon as it's on. Ah, that's so sweet. <laughs> PD Vlogger says, hey, sorry, I haven't been on your lives in a few days. I've been busy, you know, I feel bad. Don't feel bad. Um, I do have all of them recorded, so if you want to get caught up, you can. <laughs> but you shouldn't feel bad. It's perfectly okay. People get busy. <sighs> Hi, Leon. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hi, Demeter. Welcome to today's stream. I'm boring today. I don't actually have tea, unfortunately. I just have water. It's very hot and humid here today, so I need to stay hydrated. I'm so sorry. Hello, Leon. Do you want to come sit down with me? No? Okay. So, cool. How's everybody's day going? You guys having good days? Um, what have I done today so far? I woke up, and then I watched a movie, and then I ate, ate some food, and then I took a four-hour nap, and then I went and did yoga, and then I ate dinner. <laughs> Having a very, a very nothing day so far. Annika says mine was okay-ish. That doesn't sound like awesome. Oh, we do have a a kitty here. He's kneading on my leg and purring. Ouch. Since I'm using my phone, I don't think you guys can actually hear him. Like, I don't think the microphone on my earbuds are going to be good enough to hear him purr today. Maybe. Let me see if I can get it. How was that? Could you guys hear him purring? Hello from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hello there. Welcome to the live cast. Oh. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to go over some LGBT plus book recommendations. Where's Dee Dee? It's the book day she's been waiting for. Good point. Mm. Well, we can wait a couple of minutes. Just see, get caught up, and then we'll see uh, if Dee Dee joins in the first five minutes or so. I know she's been looking forward to it. Thank you for the heart, Anaket. And thank you for the recommendations, too. Anaket was very nice and sent me, like, I think two links um, for book recommendations. So we'll watch that, or we'll go through those lists today. Did you watch Haunting of Hill House? No, I didn't have time yesterday. Um, 
I've been feeling really run down, like I don't have too much energy, so I went to sleep really early last night, and like I said, I, I, I've been sleeping most of today, too. Here says, thank you. My cat is purring by me, too. <laughs> Cute. Can you guys, I think, yeah, Leon's being, Leon's being a happy boy today. Um, I think it's kind of funny now. We've been doing this for like two weeks or so, and my other two cats hardly ever come in here, but Leon is here almost every day. Yes, we hear Leon. He's a very loud purrer. purrer. Cute the boy. <laughs> He's happy, though. I think this is actually his favorite time of day now because I have to sit still for an hour and not move so he gets to knead on my leg and purr the entire time and that makes him happy because usually I'll tell him to go away or I have to move around because I'm moving around the house like cleaning or going to sit somewhere else or whatever. So this is, this is Leon's favorite time of day. I've been watching What If on Netflix. It's a pleasure. It's a great guilty pleasure. What is it? What If Netflix. In this neo-noir social thriller, Oscar winner Renee Zellweger starts as stars as Anne Montgomery, a woman of extreme wealth who makes young scientist Lisa a steamy proposal. Lisa's on the verge of a breakthrough that would have saved the lives of millions of kids, but she needs funding to go through with the trials and eventually bring her technique to the market. Other venture capitalists have turned Lisa down, but Anne makes her an unexpected offer, one that comes with a twist. In order to give Lisa the money, Anne wants to spend a night alone with Lisa's husband, Sean, a former professional athlete. If the couple agree to the terms, Lisa will get the funding, but can never ask her husband what happened during this time with Anne, who believes that human attachment is a weakness, and Lisa will only succeed if she focuses on all of her attention on her work. Ooh. Interesting. Ow. Sorry, Leon scratched me. Huh. I might have to give that a try. That definitely sounds like a guilty pleasure kind of show. <laughs> Ah, is Didi here? Hello! <laughs> we were waiting for you before we started the books. Yep. I'm seeing a ton of other people joining too, so hello everybody! If this is your first time listening, then hi, I hope you're enjoying the show. Um, or, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm here every single day at 6 p.m. Central European Summertime. That's noon Eastern Standard Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we talk about queer topics, and it's, it's pretty good. Today we're going to go over some LGBT plus books, book recommendations, and see if we can find some cool things for us to watch. Or listen, uh, read. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for following me, Gabriel. There's a gay subplot to What If. Ooh. I have to give that a watch. Castbox almost tried it again, but I'm prepared. Tried what? I don't know what you mean. Castbox wasn't uh, cooperating. All right. Well, I'm excited. So, like I said, Anna sent me a couple of links. Um to different websites with 
queer book recommendations. I've given both of them a look through and I don't think I've known, like I've heard of any of these books before. So this will be new for all of us and I guess we can just go through one by one and see if anything sounds good or see if anybody has read any of these books. Oh my gosh. Um, I said, oh my gosh, because Leon is scratching me. Okay, I take that back. I know one of the books in one of the lists. And I think that's all. (laughs) Goodness. The one book that I actually recognize is... um, Let me scroll back up. It's by Eddie Izzard. It's his book called Believe Me. I think it's his memoir. I'm reminded of reminded of indecent proposal from the what if blurb. I don't know what indecent proposal is. Indecent proposal. David and Diana Murphy are a loving couple with a bright future. David is a talented architect. Diana is a top-notch real estate agent. But when the recession hits, their finances take a nosedive. In a last-ditch effort to save their dream home, they head to Las Vegas to win their mortgage money gambling. After they lose everything, a mysterious billionaire offers the solution to their money problems. One million dollars. If he can sleep with Diana. Hmm. Hmm. Is this just people wanting to, like, normalize poly relationships but not knowing how to do it? That's my question. I have enjoyed Cassandra Clare's young adult novel, The Mortal Instruments. Yeah, me too. Um, I didn't recognize any of the books, but the descriptions of the books sounded interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going through them. Um, I read the first Mortal Instruments book, so, um, City of Bones, that's what it's called. I read that when I was maybe 14 or so, and I think I read the second one also, but I don't have a memory of it, and then they were coming out while I was in late middle school and high school, and I just didn't have time to read the rest of them with my studies going on at the same time, and... Now that I have an idea of how how it ended because of the TV show, I don't know if I'm going to go back and read the books, but I remember enjoying them a lot when I was younger. Like the the first two, I remember enjoying a lot. Okay, are we ready to get through some books? Um, I think I'm going to start on... I guess we we can do... Okay, I want to do this one first. So this link, I think I can put it into the chat. Um, This is from advocate.com. Here we go. Paste. There we go. Um, This is from advocate.com, and it's called The The 25 Best LGBT Novels of All Time. So I think we can go through that today. Have any of you read Simon vs. Homo Sapiens Agenda? I have not. What is that? (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Uh, like on the Wikipedia for it says nothing about the book itself. <laughs> Appears to be LGBT literature, though. It has a movie, too, but I read that the book is better. I've not read or watched it. I heard they made a movie of it, Love, Simon. Love, St. Simon. The movie was based on the book. I haven't watched Love, Simon. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Um... Everyone deserves a great love story, but for 17-year-old Simon Spear, it's a little more complicated. He hasn't told his family or friends that he's gay, and he doesn't know the identity of the anonymous classmate that he's fallen for online. Resolving both both issues proves hilarious, terrifying, and life-changing. Ooh. That sounds like a pretty okay, like, coming-of-age movie slash book. Hmm. I might have to give that a look. Ow, Leon, you're very sharp. Hmm. How about the book Call Me By Your Name? Let's see what this is. Oh, I think this is also a film book. There we go. Call Me By Your Name is, let's see, centers on a blossoming romantic relationship between an intellectually precocious and curious 17-year-old American-Italian Jewish boy named Elio Perlman and a visiting 24-year-old American-Jewish scholar named Oliver in 1980s Italy. The age difference makes me a little uncomfortable, but the, the, the idea sounds good. I love it when we can get these recommendations going because I have a, um, a whole folder on my laptop now that is just all of your recommendations of like movies to watch and things to read. So I like getting some more onto there. Perfect. Tigger says meow. Hello, Tigger. I think Dee Dee loves Call Me By Your Name. Is that what you're talking about, Dee Dee? Leon's left me. He didn't like me telling me telling him that he was too sharp. But my leg is covered in little scratches now, so... The movie got a lot of attention last year. Did you watch the movie first or read the book first? I'm new to podcasts. Welcome. (laughs) I think... um, Live cast is a little bit different than the podcast. If I was doing a podcast, I think I'd be more prepared every day um, because I would have to fill the whole time by myself. But the live cast is nice. So live cast is nice because I don't have to be so prepared because I know we're going to have a conversation. 
And I like having conversations more than just talking at myself. (laughs) So, I like it a lot. I'm happy to hear that. Evie says, I read the book first. Cool. I might have to give that a, give that a check too. All right. Should we move, should we check out this list a little bit? Let's see. Um... I'm reading the intro to see if we should say it. Okay, so the year that this was published, which they did not put in any here, um, The Advocate asked fiction nominees of that year's Lambda Literary Awards to nominate the best LGBT novels of all time. The editors then added their own selections, and they're spanning from the 19th century to the present day. And these books demonstrate that while there has, while much has changed for LGBT people, many struggles persist. Their words have much to offer in lessons about our history, our shaped experience of being otherized, and how to address the challenges of today. So I guess that's how they ranked these books. Cool. I always prefer to read first. If you watch the movie slash shows, it's hard to visualize anything other than the cast you've already seen. I also prefer to read them first. Um, I'm 100% with you on that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no. (laughs) Definitely prefer to read read the books first before I like to watch the movies. Um, That being said, I think... There is a value in being able to see the movies separately from the books. Um, I know when I was younger, if I watched a movie that was based on a book, I would get really upset if there were any inconsistencies. Um, so that was... So, I, yeah, I didn't like that too much. Whenever like somewhat, like somewhat a character looked different than they were described in the book, or if the, like, if the plot of the book book was slightly altered or if they added something in or took something out for time or whatever I used to get really upset by that when I was watching movies um I think like a really good example was The Hobbit for me when those I mean that wasn't even that long ago but when The Hobbit came out I got so upset that um like they added in the whole storyline with the pale orc and all of that so but now that I've like had a few years to process it, then I can see it separately from the books and I can enjoy it more there. Um, I know when I was younger, I took things very seriously. Like if you were going to represent my favorite books, you better do it right, you know? So I like being able to read them first, but I also like being able to see the movies and separate them from the books. I now accept it when creators of movies and shows take some creative freedom. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I was just yeah, holding people to too high of a standard for a while. <laughs> uh, Kurt, I think you spelled avid correctly the first time. A-V-I-D. <laughs> um, alrighty, let's get into this advocate list here i'll put it into the chat one more time for anybody who's just joining we're just going to go over some queer book recommendations and see what we can find hello 
Was anyone mad about Harry's eyes not being green? Undoubtedly, people were mad. <laughs> Undoubtedly. I think I was at some point. But um, I think I watched the first couple of movies before I read the Harry Potter books, though. So I wasn't mad about it until it was too late. <laughs> Thank you for the heart, Kurt. Alrighty. Um, okay, I want to jump in here. So the first book on... Oh, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I guess we'll just jump into it. The first book on this recommendation list is called Giovanni's Room. It's by an author named James Baldwin. Um, and here is the synopsis. And we'll see if we like this. If this isn't entertaining for everybody, we won't do it. Or we'll just look up some of the ones that we like are talking about in the chat. We'll see how this goes. Let me know what you guys think as I go along, okay? So the first one is Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. So author Chavisa Woods, Chavisa Woods, is far from alone when calling Giovanni's Room masterfully written, heartbreaking. It's a book that has resonated with so many queer people since first being published in 1956, speaking to issues of identity even now. Woods, a Lambda literary offer, oh, literary award nominee for her novel things to do when you're goth in the country says baldwin succeeded at blurring the lines of hero and villain and bringing the complexity of human nature into horrifying focus maybe that's because baldwin said the book isn't actually about being gay giovanni's room is not really about homosexuality homosexuality said baldwin in a 1980 interview about queer life it's the vehicle through which the book moves Go Tell It on the Mountain, for example, is not about a church, and Giovanni is not really about homosexuality. It's about what happens to you if you're afraid to love anybody. Huh. <laughs> I'm automatically questioning this whole this whole list. Why are you gonna tell me that every like this is all clear and then be have the first one be like, yeah, the author said it's not really about being gay just has a gay person in it. Okay. Sounds tempting though. Yeah, I think um I actually want to look up more about the book itself. Giovanni's room. Cuz instantly I'm like, well, it didn't really tell me much about the book. So, let's see. The book focuses on the events in the life of an American man living in Paris and his feelings and frustrations with his relationships with other men in his life, particularly an Italian bartender named Giovanni, who he meets at a Parisian gay bar. Okay, see, we got more, we got more information that time. From 1956. Hmm. That probably was not a good time to be gay. As in, like, it was probably hard to be out, you know, and to feel okay with it. Because I think, like, the 50s was the height of, like, toxic masculinity. Ugh. I do not envy. I do not envy that time period. Hmm. Hmm. Alrighty. It does sound interesting, though.
Okay. The second book on this list is The Color Purple by Alex by Alice Walker. I think I've seen this book before, like in um, in libraries, maybe at my high school, but I don't think I ever read it. All right, so. A revelation when it was published in 1982, Alice Walker's novel delves into the intersections of race, gender, family, and sexuality in Georgia circa 1930. For all of the painful physical and sexual abuse and heartache, Walker's protagonist, Silly, endures at the hands of Mr., the man she's forced to marry as an adolescent, and the violent institutionalized racism she faces as a woman of color, the novel teems with hope and light. Epic in scope, the novel is, in part, a love story between women. Celie's love for her long-lost sister Nettie and for Shug Avery, the blues singer and former lover of Mr. C- Mr. C- Mr.'s Celie falls for, geez, sorry, and with whom she eventually makes a home. An epic tale of perseverance and empowerment, as well as celebration of love in all its forms. Taylor made author Yolanda Wallach said in the novel, said of the novel, of Walker's masterpiece, Long Shadows, author Kate, Kate Sherwood said, I love how the characters found hope and love despite everything standing in their way. And then Steven Spielberg directed the 1985 adaptation of the film that starred Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover, and Oprah Winfrey, and earned several Oscar nominations. Maybe that's why I know it. Goodness. See the color purple. Film. I want to see more about the film. Nineteen eighty-five American coming-of-age period drama. Um, I'm just trying to read more that we haven't seen already. Oh, okay, it's too much for me to go through. I like I went to the plot, and it's like six paragraphs long. Alrighty, that does sound interesting, though. That's another um, situation where you can read a book and then watch a movie after. Cool. Homosexual women of color in the old time sound rough. Yes. <laughs> Definitely sounds rough. Circa 1930. I mean, it doesn't... Okay, it doesn't sound rough. It sounds impossible. <laughs> um, goodness. Like, being being gay of any type was difficult in the 1930s for anyone. Can you imagine, like... For people of color, it must have been nearly impossible. So many obstacles to overcome. Yep. Are all of them like this? Are they all going to be super downers? Oh, I have one um, queer book recommendation. I think I only have one. Okay, I have like two and a half, but I really only have one. Um... I spelled it wrong. Okay. The the queer book that I have to recommend is A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. <laughs> Do you, does anybody know this book? Um it it was presented by um John Oliver on last week tonight. 
as a response to Mike Pence's rabbit, who is named Marlon Bundo. And it details a same-sex romance between Marlon Bundo and another rabbit named Wesley. Super cute. (laughs) It's a children's book. Um... Aiming here, aiming to deride Vice President Pence of his controversial anti-LGBT views, such as his alleged support of, for conversion therapy of gay adolescents and opposition to same-sex marriage. It's very cute. <laughs> I'll read that. I'm gonna if I ever have kids, I'm gonna get that book and read it to them all the time. <laughs> Super adorable. I heard that episode. It was awesome. It was really good. I really like... Um... Oh, they had a second one, too, didn't they? Marlon Bundo. I don't remember what the second one is called. I think there's a second one. Perhaps not. Okay, there is no second one. Well, I'll still read the first one. It was great. Okay, um, back to the list. have a sip of my water really quickly. Hello? Oh, oh! Leon didn't leave the office. He's just sleeping in his bed now. Cute. Okay, the second book on this list is The Price of Salt by, by, by Patricia Highsmith. Goodness, that was difficult for me to say. Um... On the heels of her successful debut novel, Trangers on a Strain, with its own imitations of queerness, an encounter Patricia Highsmith had with a New Jersey socialite while working as a shop girl at a department store became the seed for 1952's The Price of Salt. The result, which Highsmith's publisher forced her to publish under the pseudonym Claire Morgan at a time when a bold depiction of desire between women that eschewed the requisite tragic ending for those who transgressed could have been could have tanked a career would become that rare example of a lesbian themed novel that would prove to be radically hopeful to be a radically hopeful ending a novel that is simultaneously of its time and timeless and it holds the distinction of being the first of its kind to have a happy ending that's what Yolanda Wallace said of the novel um, S.J. Sindhu, another author, called it one of the first Anglophone works to challenge the trope of the sad-slash-suicidal gays who die at the end. This book gave us a blueprint of what queer fiction c- could look like. The Price of Salt's dizzyingly erotically charged prose also telegraphed her signature sense of an ominous menace. In this case, the threat of being caught or found out just as the Red Scare hit in the United States. Highsmith went on to write more queer-tinged fiction, including The Talent of Mr. Ripley and all of the Ripley novels to follow. The Price of Salt, of course, became the critically acclaimed Todd Haynes-helmed 2015 film Carol, starring Kate Blanchett and Rudy Mara. Oh, that's interesting. I think, didn't we talk about Carol the other day? Um, during our movie stream, someone brought up Carol, I'm pretty sure. Ah, so this would actually be a like a really useful book to read, I think. The Price of Salt. Ooh. 
I think I have to add this to my list. <laughs> I think I definitely need to add this one to my list. Um, super cool. I really like Kate Blanchett also. Let's see. Therese spots the beautiful, elegant Carol perusing the doll displays in a 1950s Manhattan department store. The two women develop a fast bond that becomes a love with complicated consequences. This sounds like it would be a worthwhile read and movie watch. Mm, I, I definitely have to add these to my list. Ooh, thank you for the coffee, um, Jagus Persona. I just have water today, unfortunately. No tea. But... Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to add the price of salt to my list for sure. Okay. How about that tasteless tea that you hate? Yeah, I don't have that today. I could not do that again today. Um, it's just really hot and humid here today, and I don't feel like I've had enough water, so I just need to drink a bunch of water. Mm, I was gonna say, maybe tomorrow I'll drink more of the tea, but no, 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 no. I will put that off for, like, another month or so. <laughs> Jake's persona says it was the closest to tea I could see. Thank you so much. Hannah will you have coffee now? I don't like coffee in real life, but... I like the emoji for it. <laughs> like Daenerys said, burn them all. <laughs> I, that would be so wasteful. <laughs> you know what? I still have my mug on my desk with the tea from yesterday, though, and I'm just, like, staring at it horribly. Thank you for the heart. I appreciate it. Burn the mug too. No, I like the... It's not my mug. It's my husband's mug. <laughs> it's uh, the mug he got, like the promotional mug he got for buying a Switch. <laughs> Annika says, I haven't watched Game of Thrones yet because I wanted to read first. Well, I hope um, that all of the books come out before George R. R. Martin dies. Um... I, I watched the first four and a half or five seasons. I don't quite remember, but that was a while ago. Uh, if I ever decide to watch all of them again or to read all the books, um, then I'll have to watch all the seasons after. Like, I'll have to start from the beginning again so I can specifically get upset about inconsistencies. <laughs> watched it like three times I forget some of the details sometimes well I mean with them being so long I feel like it's only natural to forget some of those details <laughs> oh I do have a pretty um a fun idea for my birthday I want to see how you guys think about it so I told you yesterday that my birthday is next Friday so we're gonna do a 
birthday party, tea party stream. Um, I, I wanted to know what you guys think of doing, Ooh, Barb started following me. Thank you so much, Barb. Um, I wanted to see what you guys thought about having maybe like a Q and a session with my husband on my birthday, him being a special guest. What do you guys think about that? I talked to him about it and he already said that he would be down for it if it, there was popular demand. <laughs> and Kits is awesome. Cool. That's cool. I'd like to hear his voice. Just so you can imagine. <laughs> it's a great idea. That'd be cool. Okay. What would we ask though? I don't know. Anything. Anything that comes to mind. Can ask him about himself or ask for embarrassing stories about me. I don't know. <laughs> can I ask now? You can ask me any questions now, but he's not in the room. He's not listening. But okay, now that I know you all are interested, I'll tell him he has to he has to be here next Friday. <laughs> Is he a ginger? No, he's not a ginger. He's also not a singer. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling he's either ginger or blonde? No, he's not either. He has a uh, brown hair. His beard is a little bit red, but he has brown hair. I think he used to be blonde when he was a kid. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're getting that feeling. Let's go to the next book. Um, all right, the next one is Orlando by Virginia Woolf. Okay, Orlando, which Virginia Woolf wrote as a tribute or in tribute to friend and lover Vita Sack Sackville West. Wow, if that's not like a Hobbit last name, I don't know what is. Okay. Um, is a study in gender fluidity across time and space. The eponymous protagonist starts as a rackish young nobleman in Elizabeth, Elizabethan England, finding favor with the queen, then falling out of her, out with her, and indulging liberally in sex with a variety of women, but having an intense friendship with a, a male poet. Later, Orlando is sent on a diplomatic mission to Constantinople, where he finds he's become a woman. And the gender switch offers an opportunity for commentary on the limitations society places on women. The book ends in 1928 with Orlando still a woman with a husband and children, but also a new sense of possibility as this is the year women won full voting rights in England. And while the novel's action spans more than 300 years, Orlando ages only 36. A well-received 1992 film version directed by Sally Potter featured Tilda Swinton and Quentin Crisp. I like how these books have so much going on in them. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, maybe because they were written like a while ago, maybe they just... I don't know. I feel like the plots are really pure. Does that make sense? Oh, 
Like, I think I like that they don't have any of, like, the modern-day elements. I think I like that, <laughs> that it's all very oldish. Thank you for the heart, Dallas. It's true that books of the old time had more substance, more hefty, kind of. He finds he's become a woman. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. I'm wondering if it's like, um, kind of like uh, he wakes up one day and is literally a woman, maybe? I've changed my name. I thought it might be hard for you guys to pronounce. I was wondering if that's why you did that. (laughs) Um... Uh, okay. I'm looking up Orlando movie. <clears throat> I'm looking up to see if it says specifically, like, literally wakes up one day or something. Okay, one morning, Orlando is shocked to wake up as a woman and returns home, struggling as a female to retain her property as the centuries roll by. I'm thinking literally wakes up as a woman. Yeah. I've read a book where something similar happens. Was it Metamorphosis? Oh, Every Day by John Levithan. Every Day. Oh, David Levithan. Why did I see John? (laughs) Um, let's see, Every Day is a young adult no- adult romance and fantasy novel written by American author David Levithan. Okay, this is just telling me when it was published. Tell me about this book. Every day a different body, every day a different life, every day in love with the same girl. There's never any warning about where it will be or who it will be. Uh... A has made peace with that, even established guidelines by which to live. Never get too attached. Avoid being noticed. Do not interfere. It's all fine until the morning that A wakes up in the body of Justin and meets Justin's girlfriend, Rhiannon. From that moment, the rules by which A has been living no longer apply, because finally A has found someone A wants to be with. Day in, day out, day after day. Ooh. Ooh, that sounds really good. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds super good. <laughs> I want to. I want to read that book now. I'm looking at the, some of the comments on Goodreads too. It sounds super cool. And I get you were thinking of Metamorphosis too. <laughs> Anytime that a book's like, I woke up as blank. I'm like, yeah, okay, so it's Metamorphosis. <laughs> It sounds super, super cool. I, I'm adding every day to my list also. You know, we've only gone through like five books, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm adding all of them to my list. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to the next one, I think. Okay, the next one on this list is Maurice by E.M. Forster. 
Um, okay, so some trivia is that this book was written in 1913, but not published until 1971. Okay, in a lush tale of manners, position, and desire, the titular character meets and falls for his classmate Clive while at Oxford. The pair embark on a two-year affair until Clive leaves Maurice to marry a woman and live out his prescribed life as part of the landed gentry, leaving Maurice in shambles and seeking to cure his homosexuality. Oh my gosh, it's it's Brokeback Mountain. Um, Forster's novel does not end in a gay tragedy, though. Maurice falls in love with another man, Alec, and finally abandons his station so that they can be together. Uh, another author, Marshall Thornton, called this novel the original gay romance. <clears throat> and um, when the manuscript was found in Forrester's, tucked in one of Forrester's drawers, it had a note on it that said, publishable, but worth it? <laughs> That's pretty fun. Ooh, um, the novel's also been adapted into a gorgeous film starring James Wilby, Hugh Grant, and Rupert Graves. I really like Hugh Grant. Maurice. I just found out that every day is on my to-read list on Goodreads. Well, now you know that you have to. The universe is telling you to read it. Okay, um, the movie adaptation of it came out in 1987. Jeez, how old is Hugh Grant? Okay. Um, in 1909, Maurice Hall enters Cambridge where he befriends wealthy Clive Durham. Clive confesses he is sexually attracted to Maurice, who realizes he is a homosexual when he begins to return Clive's feelings. The two embark on an intense but chaste affair to avoid tarnishing Clive's reputation, but eventually the relationship ends and Clive marries Anne. While visiting, Maurice is drawn towards his friend's servant, Alec. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yes, the universe is telling you to read the book now, Annika, and then you'll have to tell us how all of, or tell all of us how it is. I think it sounds really good. <laughs> Seeing a lot of new people joining. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LGBT Party. Today, we're going over some queer book recommendations. Flam the Demon is now following us. Hello, Flam. Welcome. (laughs) You're going to get notifications when I go live now. Congratulations. For anybody who's listening for the first time, make sure that you follow me so that you can join us every day. We go over queer topics. It's super great. We have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm-hmm. Okay, the next book on this list is called Middlesex. It's by Jeffrey Eugenides. Eugenides? 
I don't know how to pronounce this author's name, but it's called Middlesex. Yeah, so the author won the Pulitzer Prize for his 2002 coming-of-age story about intersex protagonist Cal Stephanides. Stephanides. Inspired by the 19th century memoirs of Herculine Barbin, Middlesex incorporates elements of Greek mythology as well as, as, well as the author's Greek-American upbringing to tell a groundbreaking story about gender identity in the 21st century. While Middlesex has received some criticism from the intersex community, the author does not identify as an intersex, nor does he consult with those who do, um, the, the novel is undoubtedly a landmark in queer visibility. In some literary circles, it is considered a candidate for the title of the great American novel. Wow. I think it's a shame that the author didn't actually talk to anyone who was intersex, like, for more awareness, <laughs> for more context. That's a shame. Oh. Now here's a question. Does that count as queer bait? I don't know. <laughs> I heard Leon snoring behind me. <laughs> maybe, maybe it counts as queer bait. Okay. I want to check. Hmm. I just wanted to see like what would come up if I typed in like LGB books for kids, LGB books for teens. A lot. Surprisingly a lot comes out. Simon is like number two on the list that I'm seeing. Um, good. I'm happy to see that there's a lot in there. That makes me happy too. I would probably go through and read some of those for sure. I really like team 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 books still. I don't know. They're easy to read. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't like to talk to people. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to write a book about a certain type of person and you're not that kind of person that maybe you should talk to someone about it. I don't know. I wouldn't write a book about like, I don't know, being Latino without speaking to someone who was Latino. You know what I mean? <sighs> Dee Dee also still reads young adult books. Cool. I'm not, I'm happy. It's not just me. <laughs> They make me happy. They're easy. <laughs> True, it should be a part of research. Yeah, I think so too. I think like it being queer bait is maybe arguable, but I definitely think that the author should have at least talked to like someone who was intersex. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, the next book, this might be the last one we do, um, is called The Line of Beauty by Alan Hollinghurst. Um, Alan Hollinghurst famously questioned for questioned the future of the gay novel that year, um, which is striking since he's often viewed as helping make queer books accessible to a mainstream audience. 
His 2004 novel broke through in a major way. The Line of Beauty won that year's prestigious Man Booker Prize for Fiction. This isn't actually telling us about the book. The book follows Nick Guest, a gay graduate student unofficially adopted by the family of a schoolmate. Nick gets a sneak peek at the aristocracy while indulging in in no shortage of sex and party favors. The fun comes to a crashing halt as AIDS enters the fray. Amid all the human drama, there's an amusing and memorable cameo from the Iron Lady. Captures a vitality important era in a loving prose is how Night Drop's Marshall Thornton describes Hollinghurst's most acclaimed book. Hmm. (laughs) Dee Dee whispers and Nancy Drew because of his nostalgia. (laughs) I don't know what Famous Five is, though, in a cat. I haven't read Nancy Drew books in a very long time. Mm. I, like, my favorite kinds of books right now are, like, really campy, young adult, like, vampire, weird romance, those kinds of books. Those are my guilty pleasure books right now that I just can't get enough of. The one that I'm reading right now has primarily bi and pan characters, and then also one of them has kind of the moment like we were talking about earlier where they wake up as a woman, and his best, like that character's best friend is like, I don't care what body you're in, we'll be in love forever. So, yeah. (laughs) Those are my favorite kinds of books right now. Dee Dee, are you outwardly agreeing with me? Because... I'd be happy if I wasn't alone. (laughs) I think, um, I think like the biggest takeaways from the books that we looked at today for me were Orlando, um, the price of salt and then I also just really want to read the book by Eddie Izzard, um, Believe Me. The like breakdown for that is just writing with the same candor and insight evident in his comedy, he reflects on a childhood marked by the loss of his mother, boarding school, and alternative sexuality. So I would definitely... Those are my three takeaways from today. The color purple also sounds like I would cry a lot. (laughs) Both to read the book and watch the movie, I think I would cry a lot. The Penguin House book list should also be good. Yeah, I think we can go over that one tomorrow or maybe sometime next week if we want to do some more book ideas. You guys let me know. (laughs) Tell me what you want and then we'll do it. Yeah, I'm going to leave that entirely up to you guys. If you want me to go over them or not, let me know. I'll also put the link to the Penguin House book um, list into the chat now. I'm going to have a sip of my water really quickly. 
Alrighty. Um, I think that... Mm, okay, I think we can do one more. I want to do the next one because the cover of it looks really pretty. <laughs> okay, so the last one we're going to talk about today is Ruby Fruit Jungle by Rita Mae Brown. Okay, many queer female writers see Rita Mae Brown's 1973 coming-of-age book as an iconic work of LGBT literature. Semi-autobiographical Ruby Fruit Jungle follows Molly Bolt's amorous adventures from childhood to adulthood, including a stint in swinging New York City. While Molly has sexual adventures with men, her true love is women, and Brown never shies away from describing Molly's insatiable passion for the ladies. The title perfectly captures Molly's zeal for female anatomy. Ruby Fruit Jungle. Okay. Um, now assigned to many queer literature courses, Ruby Fruit Jungle is brazen and brave. Its frank discussion of lesbian sexuality can seem shocking to modern readers who imagine life in the early 1970s was less raunchy. Ruby Fruit Jungle is a page-turning reminder that queer lust and queer sex are timeless. Oh, okay, I'm happy. I'm happy we went through one more. That one sounds really, really good. <laughs> like I said, I really like, um, coming-of-age novels, so... That one sounds good. You know, I took classes on, um, like, sexuality and literature. I wish those had ever been, that had ever been a recommendation or a required reading. <laughs> That's a good question, Anniket. Um, yeah, I mean, we can, we can jump into book list tomorrow, but if not, that's totally fine, too. Maybe when people join in tomorrow, we'll do a quick poll, like just a yes-no poll, or I'll put a link in the chat or something, and then we will see, based on who's there, what we cover tomorrow. So we can either keep going over books, or maybe we can um, do something else. Have a Friday party. I don't know. <laughs> we'll do something else. We'll see. I'll have an idea overnight, and then when we start off the live stream, live cast tomorrow, we will take a poll and see what everybody wants to do. Does that sound good? Ah, so many hearts suddenly. Thank you to I Wonder, Dallas, and Demeter. Very nice. It just means tomorrow when everybody joins in, you have to be ready to answer a question first thing. <laughs> That's all the pressure that I'll put on you, though. We'll maybe um, take the poll at like the five minute mark um, so people have a couple of minutes to join in and then we'll see. Didi, I think I have you on Instagram, right? That sounds good. We could do a live chat or not a live chat, a group chat about, about books on Instagram. That sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you for the heart, Dee Dee. Annika, if you want to start up a group chat for that, then the three of us can talk about them on Instagram. That sounds really nice. Thank you for the heart, Ashton. <laughs> oh my gosh, our hour is like nearly over. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I was ready for it to be over so quickly. Um, I will put a reminder out here now, though. You guys should... Uh, Follow me if you haven't already, and then you'll get notifications when I go live every day. 
I go live at 6 p.m. Central European Summertime. That's noon Eastern Standard Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we always talk about queer topics. Today we went over LGBT plus books. We'll see what we do tomorrow. We'll have a lot of fun though, no matter what. Thank you for the heart, Wes. Oh my gosh, suddenly everyone's so happy and talkative. All right. Thank you for the heart, Tom. Um, yeah, I think I'm probably just going to go like eat some food now, relax for the rest of the day, and we'll see what we get up to tomorrow. Thank you for the hearts. Alrighty, I hope you all had a good day today. I'll see you tomorrow. Be good. Be nice to each other. Check me out on my other in, uh, my other social media platforms. I make YouTube videos. I have an Instagram. I have a Patreon. All that. Just uh, search for Call Me Crashy the same way that it's spelled here. Thanks for following me, Michael. Didi says thank you for this. It's my pleasure. All right, I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye, Demeter.